Count us down. Welcome back to another episode of Casi Adulting, El Podcast. I'm your host, Fatima, with my co-host, Anais. And today we have a really fun episode. You know, this podcast was started by the both of us, and you've gotten to know us over the past couple of episodes. We've talked to some guests, but we really wanted to just take a few episodes to really dive into ourselves and tell the stories of our lives and all the important things that make us who we are. So the next two episodes are going to focus on one of us and the other one will be interviewing the other one, if that makes sense. So (laughs) first up is Miss Anais and I will be interviewing her today. I'm really excited to chat all about her. So let's just get into it, shall we? Hello, party people. How do you feel having an episode all about you? I mean, it's 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 nice. Um, I love talking about myself and I love talking, <laughs> so long overdue, maybe, but you know, that's life. Period. Okay, so let's get started. For some people who may be new here, tell us kind of rapid fire things we need to know about you. How old are you? Your zodiac sign, where you grew up how you identify what you do. Give us the quick and dirty. So I am 28 years old. It pains me to say. (laughs) Um, I'm a Aquarius sun, a Leo rising, and a Sagittarius moon. I identify as a princess, a passenger princess to be exact. Um, Period. I work in social media. I'm a social media marketer for a Latin chip brand, represent um, here in Miami. I was born and raised in Miami in the 305. What else did you ask? That's pretty much it. I think that's it. Yeah, nailed it. Okay. So you just had a big birthday, 28, let's party. What are you thinking about going into this next year of your life? Are you manifesting anything in particular? You know, what's what's on the horizon? I mean, 28, I definitely didn't think I'd be where I am now. I don't know if I really like thought about it because I feel like as kids, we think about we're going to college and then we're like getting married and that's not life. Yeah, I'm really just like having, I don't know, like I've been taking care of myself well and like doing my routines and just sticking with those and those habits. But I've been meeting a lot of new people lately in Miami and a lot of content creators going to fun events, meeting people through work. Ultimately, I'm manifesting to live a little bit more south of where I am so that I'm closer to work to go to more fun like influencer content creator events. And like ultimately, the goal is to have more money than I know what to do with and to apply to and to fly private like that is like one of my goals when I know <laughs> made it. Don't come for me with like the environment like go talk to like big corporations about that but i'll give you a ride or taylor swift right? Or taylor swift. but you know <laughs> it's 
pass. I'm not like, but yeah, I think it'd be so nice. Like, I don't know if I would do like international private, but if I'm like going to Nashville for the weekend or like if I want to go to San Francisco and see Fatima or like if we want to go to Cabo, like things like that, I just think would be so nice. Like I hate people and I hate the airport. <laughs> So I think it's just like luxury. I would just want like luxury, fine things and just to be in my own apartment again. Period. I want that for you too, girl. Are there any big things that you feel like you learned in your 27th year? Where do I even begin? Um, Definitely like to know your worth and add tax and like there, everything is like figure outable, even when you're just like at a loss, I actually saw a TikTok that I posted back in May of me crying. And I was like, you can't post the successes if you don't post your breakdowns. And I was like, damn, that girl is going through it. Um, also, like, it's okay to outgrow friends or not be friends with people anymore. It definitely is a really big slap to the ego. But I think that in, even in the last couple of weeks, I keep learning what it looks like when friends support your dreams and really help you out and um, being aligned with people who kind of like get this content creating influencing niche and like want you to succeed in that um and not that my friends in the past didn't want me to succeed but you know it's it's something that's different than other people and than like you know your regular nine to five and on I have that on now on top of like a nine to five and everything which is like I think the big lesson is like everything will work out um that you can have like I have like the biggest pit of like the decade probably like the biggest yeah pit um and I've like had the highest highs and just like everything that I've been manifesting for years like coming true and so yeah just like be patient it will happen yeah it's interesting it's been an interesting year well you said it's okay to outgrow friends but I guess how do you know when that is the case or how do you know when it's time to let go I mean for me, it was my move had a lot to do with it and like things coming up. And and I think it was like, do I want to uh, like I'm the kind of person that if someone's mad at me, like I'm fixing things like right there and then like I'm not going to leave you alone until you say like, leave me alone or like we're good. Like I have so much anxiety and it kind of just like gets to a point where you're like, do I want to not because I want to like be petty or be you know or think I did I didn't do anything wrong it just like comes to a point where it's like we're living different lives I'm here you're there like I'm just gonna kind of let it go and see what happens and not really try to like mend the situation right now I mean maybe down the line like things will get better but yeah I I think that I have always been on a kind of a different like path and and I just like I don't know there's not this like urge to like want to fix things right away just like kind of keep space and maybe that space turns into forever maybe it's just for a few months or a year or whatever but yeah I definitely think like the ego gets so burned in these situations just because we see other people hanging out with those people or we see other people who are like best friends since college or kindergarten or like the womb and you're like what what did I do to to tarnish that um but friendships take two to tango at the end of the day 
They sure do. Okay, let me know what you think about this. But I feel like in my experience, the older that I get, the more that my friendships change and the more that how we show up for each other looks different or, you know, the the type of people that you gravitate towards or even if you've had longtime friends, like those start to look different. So I feel like now in this era of your life, what is most important to you in a friend and like how you show up for your friends too? Yeah, definitely. Um, While you were saying that, like I just really thought of my two best friends, like my friend Natasha and my friend um, Fatima. You are one of my friends. (laughs) My my friend Fabi, who I've been friends with since middle school and high school. And it's always just like, I don't know. I think it's just like a personality thing. Like I really don't hold on to a lot of things for long. Like I also don't really get upset very easily with friends. Like there's just other things in my life that really get me going. And like, I try to keep my friends like a safe space. And so for my friends, I just like, I don't know. I just like need like my friends to kind of just like cheer me on and and be proud of me. And yeah, like that sense of like, I'm proud of my friend. Like, I feel like I've come so far, even in the last six months since I moved back. And just knowing that these people are just happy to be my friend, proud to be my friend. Like, like I remember I met, um, I was at an event where I met a friend, this girl, Leslie, that I'm now friends with. And we were like asking what we do and like, you know, those conversations and Fabi was there with me. And the way she just said like, she's the social media manager for Chiefless, like that like really goes a long way because I'm so hard on myself and I really do look for external validation in my work and like we did in like school and things. And so that's like what I I need. And, you know, I need my friends to like, not in like a vain way, but, you know, I, I want to know that you are looking at my content, that you are supporting me you are supporting Chiefless because ultimately like I do love to give back to my friends and and not even like a a money I don't want to like buy my friends but just like I love celebrating that and celebrating them and if I could buy everyone all my friends a house on the same street like I would and I think that what I the friend that I need to be is kind of that like we're in like our lanes and it's kind of like we're running on a tread and we like see each other and like we wave and we're like cheering each other on and I think from my like long distance friends I need those like check-ins and those like thinking of you like still like I like to feel included and in my friends that I I have here now is just kind of that like inclusion and just helping you know like getting me out of the house and but also like now that I have a boyfriend it's like harder and I've been learning about myself and like how to manage these dynamics the friend that I need to be right now is one that like I I'm really in a social place right now and I'm making a lot of new friends and I need that space to like not fill my friend group, but like make new friends and meet new people and someone that it's not like going for my attention all the time. And I feel like that's what's really nice about like my hometown friends, at least, is that we have our own like separate like pods and we live, you know, across the city and things. But like we'll always make time to see each other and like if it's been a while or like we'll coordinate like if I'm in the office. Um, but also like it's not like, oh, if I invite this girl to a, a party or whatever, it's like there's no jealousy that I invited one person and not the other. Like or if I get an event or something like that, like I just think that there's different friends for different situations in mm-hmm. a way. Like, different activities, I should say. 
for sure. I mean, I completely agree. I think your friends should be your number one fans all the time and should always be cheering you on and like talking you up in rooms that you're not even in, you know, because I feel like it's it's easy to do that when you're in front of someone being like, oh, yeah, like she's great, whatever, you know, but also like when you're not there and have them still be like, she's the best and I love her. And I feel like, you know, I love doing that for my friends. I love hearing that they're doing that for me. So completely agree on that one. But also you said you moved six months ago, which feels Um, crazy. No, it's actually nine months ago. Okay. Yeah. I was about to say, I feel like it's been longer than that, but also like so much has happened since you moved back that like, it's like I moved and the universe was like, ha ha, here's everything you've ever fucking wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Period. So true. Um, but how do you like, how do you keep going when like stuff isn't going your way? You know, cause now things are, things are looking good. Things are looking bright and exciting, but maybe they weren't looking that way like a year ago. So how did you keep going? 10 months ago they didn't. And I'm just such a problem solver. Like I don't wait for things to fix itself. Like I am a Bob the Builder of my life. Like I, like, can we fix it? Like, yes, we can. I really do think there are solutions and like ways of doing things and hustling and and all those things. I'm I I like to really see like everything happens for a reason. And like I know that sounds really cheesy, but I really do think it does. And then from there, I like take that information. I'm like, okay, like what can I do now? Like, okay, these are my options. I just I've always took it taken ownership of my life, and I really don't wait for other people to do it. Actually, I hate when other people. I will not give my life to anyone else's hands in terms of like planning. And I'm just like very like alpha like that. And like type A where I'm just like, I, I know what I'm capable of. And just like, I, I have a a vision for myself and for my future. And like, I'm not going to let that stop. Like, yes, I have my moments of like, I just need a break. I just need to cry it out. I just need to like wallow. But like at the end of the day, the only person who's going to make it happen for me is me. Mm hmm. Amen. That's just such like a Latin community thing to Maybe. say. But like, like no one took my grandparents' hands and go said, let's flee Cuba and flee, like flee communism. No, they did it for themselves. And like, that's kind of my ancestry, my genetic ancestry. Yeah. No, that's real. We've talked a lot about like healing our inner child throughout the show. And I guess I'm just wondering now that like you feel like you're in a better place in your life and feeling a lot more optimistic about your future and all of that, like what advice would you give a younger version of yourself or maybe different versions of yourself, right? Like I'm sure you would tell a teenager something maybe different than like 20 year old you or 10 year old you. So break it down. Yeah, a couple of, I mean, that's, I could write a whole book about that. But I think the most important thing in any stage of my life is like, it will work out. Like you will get into a high school, you will get into college, you will get a job, you will get that apartment or like you will have somewhere to live, like things like that. It's like, it always works out. Like take a deep breath. Like my anxiety just has taken over my life, my whole life. And so I just wish that I just like believed in myself more or like believed in the universe for like making things happen um I would definitely tell like a 27 year old me girl he doesn't like you or like if you want to (laughs) 
would because I like there's just so many situations and maybe one day we'll get into it where like if I told you you'd be like yeah he like what are you doing like stop just giving yourself for attention or for love or whatever it's mostly because I'm a hopeless romantic and I'm like want someone to be obsessed with me and I have that now but like it didn't happen because I was like chasing someone like really don't chase him like the attract him in a sense um yeah and I think too like I wish I told my high school self like senior year look at all your options options that you don't even know are there before you make a decision um especially when it came to like majors and jobs I think I didn't really know a lot about like you don't I don't know I feel like especially when I was in college like social like marketing was a thing obviously but social media marketing and there's just so many things that I didn't know about or learn about or I didn't see like careers and stuff we often saw like firefighters policemen like doctors engineers like on career day but never like i'm a social media manager kind of thing Mm -hmm. um so i wish i just like knew that i had so many options and to like take a second and like not decide my whole future at 18 i think those are some some of the things i would tell my younger self feel like every day i'm just kind of like why did you do that but like kind of that those like 9 p.m thoughts when you're thinking about that time that one time like 20 years ago you're like oh my god but that's so real keeps me up at night man but also a big believer in everything happens for a reason so if you don't do that stuff that makes you cringe at night maybe you wouldn't be where you are now yeah and like everything is like a domino effect like every it's like simple it's like basic science like for every action there is an opposite or equal or opposite reaction like so it's just physics at the end of the day if you don't believe in like (laughs) power or something like that also too i think i would tell my younger self like to find a higher power or like i don't know i feel like especially in college not college i feel like in yeah like high school well i feel like growing up uh my parents didn't like tell me really like pushed religion on me or anything like I kind of like figured it out on my own and I know that's a regret that my mom has and in college I feel like it was cool to like not talk about God or like things like that and I I think I really use like the universe as like God but now that so I wish that like I just like held more I held I just like looked into like not really religion, but like spirituality and like guidance more. But I just think that was like a product of my environment, both at school and um, at home. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense in terms of us being sort of like products of the environment we grew up in. But I feel like now that you're saying you're kind of discovering that for yourself now, what does that look like in your day to day? Yeah, I think it's interesting because I've always had that like, spirituality part of me and like manifestation law of attraction um you know i love like all the woo woo stuff but i think honestly dating a jewish man and going to shabbos and seeing his family being religious even though he's really not but like being able to identify a god and be like there is i don't know just be able to talk about god and like the torah so openly has been really cool and to meet other people who are also religious again i don't know if it's like a midwest thing or like maybe because a lot of people are like irish irish catholic that they're trying to get away from that but i feel like a lot of people here are very pride 
mindful of their religion and like what they believe in. And again, I don't, there's a lot of things in like organized religion that I don't really agree with. And even there's probably things along the way if I do convert to Judaism, like that I might not see eye to eye and things like that. But it's nice to just be like, yeah, I, I pray or like I do things like that. I don't know. I feel like there's sometimes this like weird, shameful thing. I would love to know if like you as a gen, is that like a Gen Z thing? Like kind of what you're overall opinion not maybe not like your own opinion but kind of like what have you seen within your demographics in terms of like relationship to religion yeah and like is it like openly talked about or you know yeah I mean I think it it depends for sure I think that it is something that I've talked about and that I feel like I talk to my friends about and I don't think that there's there's any shame around it I just think it really depends on how you grew up and like your relationship with religion growing up and so I feel like for a lot of Latinos it's really hard having grown up in Catholicism and like I think that there are like a lot of intensities and like shame that come with Catholicism. And I still consider myself a Catholic now, but I think it's kind of like I had to like remove myself from the religion and maybe reject it in some ways in order to like once again find it for myself and sort of be like, yeah, like I agree. I think there's a comfort in it of feeling like, you know, you have something that you believe in and and there's like, you know, something to sharing that with other people. Um, But I do think like, I think that I'm, I'm going to, you know, defend my my generation and say that I think there's there's this sense that like Gen Z just rejects everything and like wants to be like oppositional to all the things and all the systems. And I think sometimes that's true. And I think sometimes it's not. And I think like, you know, I, I feel like in college, religion was talked about plenty. Um, but, you know, liberal arts college, maybe it's different depending on where you go. But yeah, I think it's present for sure still. Um, and I feel like even going on TikTok and like seeing people talking about religion and like their relationships with it. But I feel like it is really, really complicated person by person. No, I mean, yeah, definitely. And it's still complicated for me, especially that I had very like woo-woo parents and my mom like went to India and my grandma did like Ayurvedic medicine and all of that. But still like they grew up Catholic. And so I think I just am what probably a lot of people my age kids will be in that terms of like find it for yourself but I got like my mom has religious drama so she didn't pass that on to me and um so I think yeah it's just like I think there's like definitely a big shift in it but but yeah at the same time it's like I don't know I don't know if it can also it's just like it's such a weird concept I think I was yeah. I saw it in part two and it's about like the Messiah and stuff and like religion is is it's it's very interesting to now learn about what happened before like like Christmas and Jesus and stuff and see it from like five thousand years before and like religion came to be and how we're all kind of like like religion is just like a it's like taking one thing and like making it new and you know kind of thing like not there I don't think there's a maybe there's a religion out there that's you like completely unique to itself but I feel a lot of them like overlap which I think is very interesting yeah no I mean I agree I think not to overtake your episode into religion but I feel like we've never really talked about it yeah I mean I think it's like 
I feel like it's everything in moderation. And like, I was just actually watching this girl who I follow on TikTok. Her name is Joe, Joe Overby or something like that. Whatever. Joe Jonas, I don't care. (laughs) No, period. (laughs) And she like, I think grew up like pretty religious and then decided that like her and her husband were not gonna, um, you know, have one strict religion that they raise their children in and just kind of like expose them to all the things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's really important. Like, I think that allowing the exploration and the self discovery, because I think that sometimes I'm sure it does work to have someone like tell you this is what you believe in. And I think that's how a lot of people are raised. But I think religion is just one of those that's like very specific. And I think, like I said, everyone has to go on their own journey of being like, this is how I grew up. I completely agree with it and I want to stay in this religion or maybe not and like find it for themselves and whatever it means for themselves, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, like the lingo around it. Cause it's like, this is what you believe in. And it, I don't even think it's like stated like that. Cause I know it's like what they're trying to tell you, but it's like, this is what happened. And, and then like, you gotta have to step outside the bubble or the box or, you know, research or however you come to be in the, to be like, Oh, that's not that might not be true that may like that you know and then finding that belief but something that my mom did growing I mean my mom what like is a yoga teacher so she went through like yoga teacher training and there's a lot of like Buddhism and Hinduism and a lot of like spirituality things that are taught in that my sister had a real big interest in Judaism growing up so my mom let her go to temple on on Saturdays and go you know to Shabbat dinners and um really considered converting at one point um and then of course like my you know my grandparents are like catholic and things like that so just kind of like finding our own way and taking pieces and i i think at the end of the day it's all about being a good person right and it's all about Mm -hmm. treating other people with kindness and respect and sharing this world planet and yeah there are some things that are not okay i think and um But there's also a lot of great messages of like family and like, you know, how we like about love and how, you know, love is patient and kind for that's the only one I really know. But like (laughs) things like that and those like verses, um, even in like the Torah there, I've I've read a lot of stories and and things like that or like how to like persevere. Right. And it's like how you interpret it. I think, too, like maybe someone didn't just open the Red Sea and like walk through. It's like a more of like a perseverance thing and kind of taking the interpretation. Um, I actually in college took, it was called like the five, the the historical Jesus. And it was about like how each of like the Bibles or about how like the different stories and how different like eyewitnesses and all these things and like comparing like John one and John two and like all these things. So it's just so, to me, it's really fascinating too, but it's interesting and like again like nothing is, is its own complete unique thing like it all comes from something and so just be good people be a good person. but I think too like having someone having a higher power to believe in it just would have helped a lot in just like times of trouble growing up and knowing yeah. that like someone is protecting me or like some you know it's not not that I just have to like fend for myself mm-hmm no, for sure. I think it is a sense of, of safety in a lot of ways. But going back to sort of like how you grew up, um, 
this whole podcast was started because we wanted to talk about being Latinas. So I think we've touched on it obviously like several times now, but sort of like with your identity as a Latina, like what's been your journey with that in, you know, how you came into it. Now I feel like you're, you're very prideful in it and, and share it loud and proud. Has that always been the case or, you know, what, what's been the story? I mean, yeah, I grew up in, in a community where everyone, I was like, we've said in in the past, like I was the majority, like Mm -hmm. you go to like, you go to Winn-Dixie and everyone speaks Spanish, like in Miami. And this is kind of controversial here, but like people don't talk to you in English. They talk to you in Spanish and you can very much tell like who speaks English and who doesn't and all of that. And so Yeah, I never really had a problem with it. And even in college, like I was the Latina girl, like I, you know, I was, I was the token Latina, like I'm trying to think of shows that have like a Latina in the group. Not many, but yeah, not many. (laughs) Even like, like you think of like friends or I can't think of anything right now, but I was the Miranda of the Lizzie McGuire, you know, Mm, like I, you know, it, it always is, um, it was always like very prideful and I think in college I blogged a lot about like being Cuban specifically and that journey because it's very you know different and unique and and yeah I grew up in a I think the only times was that I wish I had like um like grandparents or abuelos that like didn't lock me up like my fun fact my college essay for the UCs was how I lived in a household that was affected by Fidel Castro's regime and how that affected my childhood and how there was always like this fear in my house and this narrative about politics and things like that and how like I'm about to go see the world in a different light and how I wish I could just just go out and not worry about like getting kidnapped and like things like that and so I just wish you know I didn't have things like a curfew or like but at the end of the day, like, it's nice to know that's not only my experience, there's a lot of other Cuban, young Cuban experience. Um, but, but yeah, that's the only, like, thing. I am now very lucky to, like, work for a Cuban family business and kind of keep that going and kind of, like, twine in, like, American culture and, or, like, American social media and, like, Cuban culture. Mm-hmm. Well, you also left at some point. Mm-hmm. And I think like something I've been thinking about recently is sort of like how we live within whiteness as like non-white people, you know? And so I feel like I, I could imagine that like it was a bubble growing up in Miami and being surrounded by Latinos and then like, you know, being the majority, whatever, and then leaving that and being like, I'm not anymore or like this isn't I'm not surrounded by Latinos all the time like this is different maybe you experienced microaggressions or like different things like how were you confronted with that at any point when you left I I think that the only like microaggression is just like the Mexican comment like oh you must be Mexican or this or that or like it's like that's there are other countries out there but I think I've always found other Latinos in Chicago like the Puerto Rican community is really big the Dominican 
Dominican community as well as the Mexican um, community as well. It's just all really big over there. And so I, I always, yeah, maybe it wasn't every person in the room or like the majority, but it was, it was pretty good amount. Like one of the first people I met in college at DePaul was a, um, was a, a guy from Miami and I he was like talking on the phone he said oh send it to my thing in my my, my house in Miami and I was like oh hold up like you're from Miami I just moved here I'm from Miami like and right away like we clicked and we we're friends like all through my first year at DePaul so I always like found people I worked at restaurants like um mm-hmm. not necessarily like all just like in school but but yeah I feel like it was always a good mix of people uh, I had a lot of friends too that were white and like had spi- Spanish minors or like were getting into like immigration law and things like that and very passionate and like had a love for the Latin and Hispanic culture so I don't think I really felt odd out I think I just was more like Americanized when I lived in Chicago and things just like talking or like specific I think I'm just a little bit less like have a stick up my butt than a lot of people in Miami like just because there's so many people here there's always traffic like I feel like everyone's always in a bad mood mm-hmm. um so I'm just very like whatever um and that's like the only thing I think I'm just like am a little bit more midwest now and someone made fun of me for saying Chicago <laughs> yeah no that makes sense for sure I also am wondering, and I think we've talked about this pretty briefly before, um, but not speaking Spanish is a pretty big stigma, I feel like, within the community, which is really unfortunate. But I think, you know, you mentioned that it wasn't necessarily something you felt super confident in or like it Mm -hmm. wasn't like you were speaking Spanish all the time. Um, So kind of how did you deal with like that and like the the hate that sometimes people give in the community when when you don't speak Spanish? I mean, I am practicing my Spanish a lot more now and every day, and I just try to take a moment to speak Spanish. Sometimes it's, like, a little weird. Like, I, I was having lunch with everyone from the office, and they were speaking, like, English and Spanish, but, you know, I try to mostly speak Spanish, and I just feel a little, like, dumb. It's more on me than, like, on anyone else. It's just frustrating when my grandfather is like, your Spanish used to be so good, or, you know, who has really good Spanish? Like, and I'm like, okay, like, I don't know. It's just, like, not necessary. Like, it doesn't... Mm-hmm. I can still communicate and still do things. Um, but, but yeah, it's sometimes it just, I think I'm just like harder on myself than anything. Um, yeah. Just because like it is so big here. And like I sometimes like I feel dumb in a way. Cause one, I don't like talking to Uber drivers. I'm sorry. I'm that person. Like I'm already getting corsic. I'm like nauseous. I'm either really tired or I'm really like, I don't know. I just hate being in the car and you're going to talk to me. In Spanish, <laughs> I go, I literally sound like Mason. I'm like, see, sí. ah, okay, gracias. Like, very minimal. And like, I feel like, I don't know, I think that there's always like different like things to say, like, I can't hable. Like, I don't know, just like other things to say or like, or even just like have, try to have a conversation. But I sometimes I'm just like, I please don't ask me like if I'm Cuban, like, cause they nine out of 10 times will. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I'm like shy and I just don't want to like it just it takes a lot of energy (laughs) yeah no that makes sense I mean I don't know it's hard it's really complicated and I feel like it's like a hot topic in the community for sure I mean I think that like I I would say I'm a 
fluent native Spanish speaker and like still feel really insecure about my Spanish sometimes because I grew up in the US and I feel like people make that such a thing, right? Like, oh yeah, you do speak Spanish, but like you sound American when you speak Spanish or like, you know, it's just, I like, I'm like, everyone relax. Okay. (laughs) Like everyone is trying their best. Everyone is, you can understand what people are saying. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, I can communicate with you and like give you directions or like, you know, in a, in a crisis, like I could help you. Some other person might not be able to. Yeah, no, for sure. A big thing is that my mom, my mom and my aunt specifically, like didn't like my grandma knew perfect English. Like she went to school in the States. My grandfather spoke Italian. I couldn't even understand what he said in English half the time. And so my mom speaks perfect English like my mom only really speaks English so like growing up I only talked to her in English like she went to school in the states and so it's kind of like that I feel like it's it goes back to that what we talk about a lot is like I'm just like a generation Mm -hmm. ahead like I you know like maybe your kids will speak Spanish like I do just because you fluently speak English and have that education and you know they don't have to learn I mean, they should learn Spanish, but like, it's different. Like they'll learn Spanish to talk to your mom. Like I did, I learned Spanish to talk to my grandparents and like, I had to learn in order to communicate with, with them. But not 75% of the time, unless I was home, I was talking in English. So yeah, um, I think that plays like a really big factor too. Like both my parents speak really good English. Uh, I mean, perfect English, like that's their native tongue and, and things like that. So it's just, I think it's, it really depends on who primarily is speaking English mm-hmm. um, or like teaching it. And so like, and it's interesting cause I don't remember learning Spanish. Like I remember it as like learning English. Like there wasn't a day that I didn't understood Spanish. I just think it was both talk to me and I like figured it out. And then, which is like kind of like crazy to think about, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it is like a parental decision. Mm-hmm. And I think people sometimes in the desire to assimilate to American culture or like a fear of being seen differently will not teach their kids Spanish because they don't want them to to deal That's with that, which crazy. I understand. But so see, for I'm sure gonna, not, not gonna, something I want to do with my children. Yeah. And so I'm... You know, if I have children, hopefully (laughs) I really want them to know Spanish because I think it's the most important skill that like my parents ever taught me. And I think it just is so helpful. And I feel like now, I mean, I don't know. I grew up in California, so I feel like even like non-Latino folks speak Spanish here because they think it's really important. So I think all in all, it's positive. And I just think we need to like meet people where they are regardless. Sure. I mean, whether it's English or whether it's Spanish, Italian, French, what yeah. Creole, whatever you like, I definitely recommend learning two languages just because again, later in life, it just makes it so much easier to communicate with people. You have an understanding for like culture and stuff. That's like something that's learned with the language. Um, and yeah, and I, and yeah, I think it's, I think, think it's kind of dumb not to teach your kid a, a second language just because their brains it's so easy to at a, mm-hmm. at a young age yeah it's so much harder when you get older okay we went on some some tangents there so <laughs> let's bring it back um we're running out of time so i'm gonna ask you a few more questions and then we can we can wrap this up we could do a part two you know there's there's enough time we have a show all about us so honestly every episode is just about us like we like true no yeah okay so 
I'm curious, what are some words of wisdom that you live by? Or like, is there a motto that is Anais's motto that you live your life by? I think for the longest time and like still I remember seeing there's like a couple quotes that like stick out to me all the time. And one of those is um, do small things with big love, like anything you do, just like really pour your heart into it like and I really take that on with like friendships I take my friendships very seriously and when they don't work out or they're not you know going a direction I want them to like it really does break my heart and um but it's like do big do small things with big love like that's kind of how I live every day and right now I've been really um a quote that's been like on my heart or like a motto is a smart girl knows her limits. A wise girl knows that she has none. And just kind of like really asking myself like, okay, like what am I like capable of? Like what else can I make happen? Like, okay, now I have a full-time job. Like I know the trajectory of that. Like, but like what else can I do for myself? Like there's so many other things that I can probably, I will accomplish. Um, And so I'm excited to like see how that goes just because for so long, a full-time job was like my goal and I, mm-hmm. I hit it. And so like, what now? Um, and my self-care doesn't revolve around my life. My life revolves around self-care. So like, I'm not scheduling, you know, it's not the last thing on my list. I'm not making decisions. I make decisions with the intention of self-care, whether that be a podcast, the people I hang out with, the people that I date, um, if I'm staying in versus going out, the jobs that I'm taking, you know, whether I'm going into the office, like, it's all with the intention of self-care because that is how I spear my life. And I think that it just makes sure that I'm like balanced and um, taken care of because I love good self-care. Mm, I love that. I, I think that last one is so important because I feel like we always put work and other things first and not living life as we should. So I yeah, really admire that. Put those things first, if that for you is a form of self-care like usually it it's it's not it's like it's not it's like not that. yeah I mean I feel like it's a way that we're like conditioned to think and it's right. like but, it, but it's to me being like okay I'm very grateful that I love my job and it's like something that fills me up versus always taking away but like when it does come to the point where like I can't push anymore it's like okay I need to like take a step back yeah okay I have a question and then I'm going to do little questions. Okay. So (laughs) my last big question is Anais, what made you want to do this podcast? And, and what have you loved the most about doing it so far? Well, um, I've been wanting to do a podcast for so long and it just like didn't work out like the people, the whatever. And I think that um, but I, I, it's just like, I wanted to, because I one like wanted to connect with more people and like connect with, you know, a co-host and kind of have that bond, um, and bring new, like a new perspective. I think I look at all these really big media companies, podcast media companies, even like Spotify, our heart, I heart radio, all of those. And like, there's not a lot of representation it's a lot of like people already with platforms or I don't know, just like a very privileged scene. And I wanted to kind of shake it up, shake it up Chicago. Um, and, and yeah. And like, I think just like everything kind of came into place and I met someone that wanted to do the same and like 
was where I was and and I wanted to do something not out of scarcity. I think I started a lot of projects because I needed to make money. I, you know, wanted this thing to be bigger and a clout and attention. And I think just doing something because you see that it can eventually like change the world or change media or even like just make someone's day is like a really cool thing to be a part of so yeah what was the second question what have you loved the most about doing it oh talking to you duh and like (laughs) just talk to you and hang out and yeah you you have been my favorite part honestly like it's a part of me that keeps going it's so easy for anything that like if I had to do this by myself like I probably would have quit but like I, I think it's like and not in a and it's about to get vulnerable but not like I would not want to let you down. I don't want to let myself down. And so it's like a little bit of that motivation, like the healthy amount of motivation of like, I want, you know, I want you to succeed and I want you to do this thing too. And so I do it for you. No, but I do it for me too. But <laughs> too of like, I know it's nice to, to connect with someone who also isn't in your everyday life. Like it's so mm-hmm. weird. Like we, if we don't talk or we don't like actively tell each other like what's going on like we would have no idea like we wouldn't like see each other at work or like run into each other or like there wouldn't be like a party I would invite you to or things like that so it's just like it's interesting yeah you gotta put in the work we're putting in the work gotta work 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 okay we are almost done so three mini questions that all require one answer so one Tell me one thing that you're proud of yourself for. Do you want me to do all three or at once and then you no, answer one, one at a time? Okay, go. Switch or like not deciding to pursue medicine and making that leap into a career that I wanted to do. And even at times where it didn't seem feasible or it wouldn't be my full time job, it is. And that's really cool that it okay. all worked out. I'm, and I'm proud of you for that, too. Okay. What is one thing you are feeling grateful for in this moment? Ooh. Not like this specific moment, but this moment in your life. Um, I mean, gratitude is really important to me. I practice gratitude every day, whether that's like journaling. But it's honestly like the people that I've been meeting and like opportunities. I feel like... I don't know. I just feel like in a good rhythm, even though I'm like so tired, but I, I don't know. I just been, been meeting a lot of really cool girls, especially. And that's just been really nice. I didn't think that I would find community again. I love that. Okay. Last one kind of similar, but a little different. What is one thing that is making you happy right now? The fact that I get to work from home for the next two days. (laughs) that and that's so hard to like because there's so many things and I just think that like this season of life is making me happy and like it's nice to just like have just it's nice to just relax internally Mm -hmm. like not internally screaming 100% of the time more like 35% of the time but like I'm not stressed about tomorrow or like even you know like Things are, like, good, and that makes me happy. Good. They should be good. You deserve it. 
All right, everybody. That is Anais. That's all you need to know about her ever. <laughs> That's all, folks. I'm That's a- all, folks. It's a wrap. Um, but now be sure to follow her on Instagram at Anais Dominguez and follow Chiefless, especially on TikTok because she's trying to grow the page. And all her links will be in the show notes as always. But I loved this. It was so great getting to let you do your thing and tell the people all about yourself. So, I mean, I'm pretty freaking cool. So I hope you thought so too. You're what? I said, I'm pretty freaking cool. And I hope <laughs> things. If there's one thing you should know, actually, so I'm pretty confident in myself and that's pretty cool too. It is and very I'm cool. Biggest, it's my, I'm my biggest fan. So as you should be queen all right that is all thank you for joining us for another episode of gussie adulting we will be be we will be back next wednesday with a brand new episode all about me so So i'm excited juicy questions i should ask fatima i already know what i'm gonna ask her um (laughs) but i wonder no what do you want to know what do you want to know because i want to know everything I know my friends are listening to this, so she's you know. kind of like she's not like an open book. She's like the back of the book, like a little mm-hmm. summary, and like maybe like or like the little like you know when you I don't know what it's called, but the, the little like page inside, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would say you're like the back of the book, everything you need to know, the summary. But it's also like like it's always like this is a thrilling novel of <laughs> mystery and giggles and laughs. Period. I'm a mystery waiting to be unlocked. So stay tuned. Um, Be sure to rate and review the episode and the show and follow us on Instagram and share it with a friend so they can learn all about Anais. And shout out to my Uber driver who's listening to this, who also has a podcast and we talked about it. So shout out to you. Shout out. Okay. That's all guys. (laughs) Bye.